Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 6 o'clock a.m. on the dot, the day after Coinbase, 15th of April, 2021. This is episode 402, Payment Not Found episode of Bitcoin and, yeah, Coinbase listed. Whoop-de-doo. You know, uh, that was just so much fun to, or actually, that was so boring to watch. Um, we'll get into that. We will. But first, we need to have a discussion about shit coinery and we need to do it right now. And for any of my friends out there who might be listening who are dabbling in shit coinery, stop it. Stop. Just don't. I got off the phone yesterday with an old friend of mine. I mean, we're talking like, dude, high school, like sophomore in high school kind of old friend. We've been through a lot of shit together. And uh, I asked, like, he's like, we're like, hey, man, what's, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, the normal, the, the normal engagement shit that you get when, when you're first talking. And um, when, uh, when I asked him what he was doing, he said, well, I, I was, I, when you called earlier, I, I didn't answer because I was in the middle of trading uh, cryptocurrency. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I was trading cryptocurrency. And Bitcoin Twitter immediately just started falling out of me. It was it was weird because it was uncontrollable. I instantly got pissed. I, mean, I was instantly riled up. And he, and the, here was the explanation. Dave, you already got yours. You you did well in Bitcoin. Now it's like I I got to I got to do these other things and I'm like Jesus Christ. You know how absolutely freaking dangerous this is? And I want to speak to a couple of different danger points. One is, obviously, trading shitcoin. I mean, unless you know the underlying technology aspect, adoption, the style and, and breadth of the, of the network effect of each one of these things, I mean to a T, like you've studied them all for like five straight years, you have no hope of survivability. No hope, because at that point, what you're trading is the sentiment of hundreds of thousands of people that are just as fucking ignorant as you are. That's what you're trading. You're not trading the tech. You're not trading the aspects of whether or not it's going to have any kind of adoption. You're not trading on the knowledge of its network effects. You're not trading on the knowledge of its extent of of decentralization. You're not trading on anything but the sentiment of ignorance. And that's why we get pissed as maximalists. That's why we get pissed. Because we know how long it took to understand one thing and one thing only. And we're still fighting to stay above water. With Bitcoin by itself, 
because now we now we're like you know I'm knee deep into into lightning networks and after that it's going to be lightning network markets it's going to be watchtowers you know we've got we've got taproot on the way I'll get to that but when you tell me that what you're doing is you're going to make your fortune and this is an assumption assumption that I made a fortune in some in this bullshit crypto class, what I'm telling you back is that you better stop, you better cash out, you better just buy Bitcoin because you're gonna get wrecked. I told him I've seen it before. I, I'm like, I've been here before. You have to trust me. And he got mad. He's defending shit coinery. And I'm like, you don't know anything about it. It's bad enough if you know, if you know what it is, it's bad. I get and, and I guess being ignorant to the possibilities that you're or that actually possibility if you're ignorant to the inevitability that you're going to get wrecked then I guess it makes it okay because you won't have to worry about it until the very day that you get wrecked because that day is coming people I I did I, I literally had to tell him that I'm not going to talk about it anymore, that we can talk about anything else, but I'm not going to talk about trading fucking scammy ass shit coins. And this is one of my oldest and dearest friends, and I had to straight up put the level on his ass because that's how dangerous this is. It's just it is in it's inconceivable the amount of bullshit that has entered into this ecosystem and has stayed around since 2015, 2016 and 2017. While 95% of the bullshit that we saw is now gone or decrepit to a point that it makes absolutely no impact whatsoever, new crap is coming, NFTs being one of them. Now I said yesterday, <clears throat> that I don't have as much problem with the concept of NFT as I do with its execution right now. And no, I don't have any better way of, of, do, of executing an NFT. But I have a gut feeling that there probably is. But that's not the only thing that's on the horizon. I got Elon Musk pumping an infinite supply coin of Dogecoin. It's an infinite supply. I don't even know how much is out there. <clears throat> I certainly do not know what the parameters are of its inflation rate. Although, from what I understand, it's pretty high. But why don't I understand it? Because I'm not going to waste my time. And that brings me back to the original point that I said. Unless you know the underlying tech, the social aspects, the network effect aspects, the node spread, the base code, and I'm not even talking about ripping into the code itself and, and reading the damn thing, just the basis of how it works. If you don't know all of that and a bunch more, you are literally pouring gasoline on yourself and holding a lit match. Because all you're doing is trading on the sentiment of the ignorant. I hope that's clear. I don't know if I can make it any more clear. I wouldn't want to trade on the sentiment of the ignorant. Because the psychology swings that can happen in mass over a large group of people because some idiot in the New York Times releases a, a new a, 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 an article will rip your guts out because because fear spreads like wildfire fa it's faster than 
anything else I've ever seen in my life. Trading on ignorance is no way to get rich, but it is a way to get wrecked. Now, Ben the car man let us know sometime last night that Speedy Trial has been merged into Bitcoin Core. In fact, it has been merged into Bitcoin Core. It looks like it's merge number 21377, BIP9 based implementation of Speedy Trial activation specification. Uh, uh, what? Oh, uh, yeah, has been merged. Okay, so. That was announced by AJ Towns in the Bitcoin slash bit or forward slash Bitcoin GitHub repository. And in fact, that was uh, that was like the last, I think that was the last thing. Um, it's nice to see that it's been actually merged. So will Taproot come? I don't know. I, I hope so. I, I do. But it's it's closer now than than it was. So we'll we'll, you know, hey, we'll we'll you know, get into that like later, I guess. Um, Coinbase is overvalued at 1,500,000 BTC. Dylan LeClaire is going to lay out the case for why Coinbase is overvalued at its whatever $350 uh, stock price. I don't disagree. This morning, Coinbase Incorporated, uh, Cointag Coin, Started trading after a direct listing on the NASDAQ stock exchange with a current share price of 500 and what was 554,202 Satoshis, which is right at 350 bucks. With 261.3 million shares outstanding, the company has a market capitalization of 1,475,878 Bitcoin, which is $91.19 billion at the time of writing. While Coinbase has played a large role in the history of Bitcoin, especially in the U.S. over the last decade, the company is unattractive from an investment standpoint in Bitcoin terms, and anyone using the world's soundest money as their unit of account for economic calculation should agree. While valuing equities with Bitcoin as a primary unit of account can be inconvenient over short about, uh, amounts of time due to volatility in the dollar exchange rate, it is absolutely crucial to understand valuations in, ter in Bitcoin terms if you wish to retain and grow your purchasing power into the future. You cannot escape the opportunity cost of Bitcoin, and the opportunity cost of not accumulating the world's strongest and most sound monetary asset is quite large, regardless of how bullish you may be on Coinbase and the company's moat in the cryptocurrency industry, Bitcoin obsoletes all other money. To think that any company should be worth seven to 8% of global wealth is ludicrous, Never mind one that holds less than 0.2% of said global money supply with about 4,487 BTC on their balance books. If these measurements seem outrageous or incomparable, you might be missing what is truly taking place. Bitcoin is still a nascent, yet extremely robust and hardened technology and monetary asset, a reaction to growing global demand for an alternative monetary system, the emergence of Bitcoin in contrast to the increasingly fragile and unstable incumbent fiat monetary order, Bitcoin stands to appreciate in orders of magnitude over the next couple of decades as it continues on its path towards becoming fully global money. 
It is clear from a risk management perspective that executives at Coinbase should use their newfound access to public markets to dilute the current shareholders' equity to buy Bitcoin for the company's balance sheet. After all, Coinbase should understand the ills of fiat and the merits of, of Bitcoin, the asset, better than anyone else. Conducting this economic calculation using the soundest money is even more imperative at the tail end of a long-term debt cycle as shareholders should be looking for ways to turn the company's record revenue and profits into sound money to protect the balance sheet from being debased. Similar to the calculation made by companies to issue debt to buy back their stock, in a sound money economic system that still has equity markets denominated in a weaker currency, a prudent strategy would be to dilute shareholder equity on a shares outstanding basis to acquire Bitcoin. The contrast between valuing equities with expected future discounted cash flows when sovereign debt offers negative real rates against valuing equities as part of a fixed 21 million piece economic pie is severe. Those who adopt a Bitcoin standard will have their purchasing power increase at the expense of those who don't. This is not opinion, but rather an empirical and economic reality. <clears throat> Going forward, Bitcoin accumulation may very well be the new share buyback in an increasingly popular move that not only boosts share price, but does not completely decapitalize the business and promise away future free cash flows at the expense of boosting earnings in the present. Coinbase has certainly had a meaningful impact in the adoption curve of Bitcoin, but for the company to remain viable over the long term, accumulating Bitcoin is absolutely imperative. Nice one by Dylan LeClaire to remind us that we're still talking about Coinbase in terms of fiat valuations. And that's probably not the best place to go. And I sort of see this, this sentiment as a turning point for many people going forward as to how they actually do value companies. Just saying. Again. My warning, don't shitcoin, y'all. Bad, so it's, it's always bad news. All right, I think I just screwed up here for a second. Oh, or, or did I? Nope, 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 I'm good. All right, AXA, or AXA, now lets you pay your insurance premiums in Bitcoin. Okay, before we begin, AXA, back in the day when Roger Ver was bitching and moaning, was part of the funding of uh, Blockstream, I believe, and <clears throat> AXA was part of that argument of, uh, oh, corporates are going to take over Bitcoin and blah, 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 blah. I mean, come on. It was stupid. But anyway, ex I would expect several tweets out of uh, Roger Ver today bitching and moaning about how he was right that AXA is, is on the move and is going to destroy Bitcoin because now they're allowing you to pay your insurance premiums in Bitcoin. Stephen Graves is going to tell us more out of Decrypt. Insurance provider AXA is enabling customers in Switzerland to pay their bills in Bitcoin in response to, quote, growing demand. <clears throat> in an announcement, AXA Switzerland claims to be the first all-lines insurer in Switzerland to enable customers to pay their premiums in Bitcoin. The option to pay in Bitcoin will be introduced from the start of April for all non-life products. The decision to launch a Bitcoin payment option for customers follows market research conducted by AXA Switzerland in late 2019, which found that around a third of respondents owned or were interested in cryptocurrency. With the coronavirus virus pandemic having fueled the spread of cryptocurrencies, the insurer has taken the plunge and introduced Bitcoin payments through payment provider InnaPay. 
Quote, this is AXA's response to growing demand from its customers for alternative payment solutions with new technologies playing an ever greater role. Claudia Benetru, head of open innovation at AXA Switzerland, said in a statement accompanying the release, to pay in Bitcoin, AXA customers can go to invoice.inapay.ch forward slash AXA and enter a reference number from their bill along with the amount. <clears throat> the amount owed in Swiss francs is converted into the relevant amount in BTC with a progress bar showing how long the displayed <clears throat> BTC slash CHF exchange rate is valid. The price updates each time the bar expires. Ooh, bummer. AXA also noted that further payment options besides Bitcoin will also be available in the near future. AXA joins a flood of companies that have introduced the option to buy their products with Bitcoin in recent months. <clears throat> Just yesterday, uh, America's oldest wine shop, Acker, announced that it would accept Bitcoin, and I've got more on that in a separate story. Uh, by far the highest profile company to do so, however, is EV manufacturer Tesla, following its purchase of $1.5 billion in cryptocurrency, or, or sorry, in Bitcoin, and the fact that they're going to take their, uh, they're going to allow people to buy their uh, vehicles in, or rather with Bitcoin, and further that they are not going to sell said Bitcoin. Just saying. Now, let's see here. Uh, oh, you know what? I think I did. Hold on. Uh, nope, nope, nope. I got it. I got it. <clears throat> Grayscale tops $50 billion and will soon pass world's largest commodity ETF. You want to guess what that ETF is? Well, I'll surprise you if you don't figure it out. Joshua Mapperson from Cointelegraph says the following. Grayscale continues to grow, passing $50 billion, and that's equivalent to the world's second largest commodity ETF. Major United States asset manager Grayscale has just surpassed $50 billion in cryptocurrency assets under management for the very first time. Grayscale's AUM is creeping ever closer to the $57 billion holdings of the largest commodity ETF. The company has plans to convert into an ETF when regulations allow. If the ETF had been approved already, Grayscale would be the second largest commodity ETF right behind Spider Gold Shares. That's right. GLD is a physically backed gold exchange traded fund with listings on stock exchanges in the United States, Mexico, Singapore, Japan, and Hong Kong. Grayscale CEO Michael Sonnenshine tweeted that he believes the Grayscale Bitcoin fund is likely to surpass the GLD fund by market cap within a few months. Grayscale provides cryptocurrency exposure to institutional investors and holds approximately 660,000 Bitcoin in total, representing 3.5% of Bitcoin's 18.68 million circulating supply. Almost 655,000 of these are held in Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Grayscale doesn't just deal in Bitcoin because they're shit coins, and I'm not going to get into all that crap. The firm is already the largest U.S. digital asset manager by a large margin, with Pantera the second largest manager, holding only $4.3 billion worth, less than one-tenth of the $50 billion held by Grayscale. On Wednesday, the asset manager announced a partnership with Time Magazine to produce an educational crypto video series. The magazine also agreed to receive payment in Bitcoin and hold the digital asset on its balance sheet. <clears throat> So there you go, about to surpass the gold ETF, Grayscale and Barry Silver, who are shitcoiners. Shit they are. I mean, you know, Barry's done some pretty good things for Bitcoin, but he's still 
spin, he's still allowing the narrative that you can you can use Monero or or God forbid Doge, okay, as as some kind of like payment option or or it's going to make you wealthy or whatever. I mean, it's 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 indefensible, honestly, Barry. It's indefensible, and that's what gets that's what gets people like my friend in trouble. Because he's going to get in trouble if if he doesn't know how to cash out at the top of all this bullshit, it's just going to be it's just going to be gone. It's just going to be gone because you guys, especially working with freaking media, is that you are doing the you are doing an amount of damage that you don't. I don't think you understand just how much damage you guys are doing when when these when these quote unquote Bitcoin companies that deal in shit coinery hook up with like the New York Times then you get these narratives spun up that that are patently wrong, horribly ill-informed, and do so much damage to the public's perception of what's actually going on that all of y'all should be put in jail or something, or at least, I don't know, sent to a, an island in exile because you're, you're doing humanity absolutely no good here. And, you know, to wit... Let's see if I can even find this thing. The New York Times article that a couple of people have been bitching about. <clears throat> Hold on for a sec. Yeah, this one. <clears throat> now, I can't read it <clears throat> because it's behind a paywall. And, but it is, uh, let's see, it is the New York Times. Now, Alex Gladstein tweeted this out. Was it some, probably sometime this morning? No, it was last night, seven hours ago. Uh, Alex Gladstein has this tweet. Quote, and it's actually in quotes. Ethereum has said it is moving towards proof of stake and Bitcoin is expected to eventually follow, end quote. Alex goes on to say the following. It's frankly absurd that the New York Times could publish this nonsense, which speaks volumes about the awful state of the mainstream media Bitcoin coverage today. And then he links to this article from the New York Times. Now, like I said, I can't read it because I don't have the uh, subscription and they're stupid enough not to include a lightning URL or some kind of lightning payment where I can read this thing for 25 cents. Because honestly, if they would just flash me a QR code, I'd whip out my Breeze wallet and I'd already be off to the races. But no, that's how far behind they are. They want me to actually subscribe. I can subscribe for $1. Do you know how long it's gonna take me to do that to read this stupid thing? It's going to take me 15 minutes and I'm going to have to cough up a credit card. Well, okay, it won't take me 15 minutes, but it's going to take me at least three or four and I don't want to spend that time. All they had to do was pop up, hey, you want to pay in lightning? Boom, I'm already done. I mean, that's, that's how quick that is. But no, they're still on this subscription base. So that should give you, that should give you a meter as to how to compare what they actually know about this space versus what they evidently know about this space by literally still wanting me to subscribe to their bullshit instead of letting me read one piece for 25 cents, which would make them more money in the end. But the point is, is that this, this New York Times headline says, in Coinbase's rise, a reminder, cryptocurrencies use a lot of energy. The company's stock market arrival uh, establishes Bitcoin and other digital currencies in the traditional finance landscape. Oh God, no, it doesn't. It tears the traditional landscape apart. It also elevates the technology with astonishing environmental costs. Okay, so you already know where this piece is going, right? As far as I can tell, the author of this piece is Hiroko Tabuchi. 
is her name. And Jeremy Rubin writes back to Alex Gladstein, Gladstein with uh, Hiroko Tabuchi's Twitter handle so that she can see it, and she does, in fact, respond. But Jeremy says, curious if your editors have a source that you can share for this statement. Bitcoin has no plans to go proof of stake. Okay, well, first of all, Jeremy Rubin doesn't get to speak for us. However, that's not Jeremy Rubin's, uh, that's not his intent. It's that he's, he knows what the landscape looks like. He knows none of us are going to run proof of stake uh, node software on our, on our full nodes. I'm not. I'm never going to run proof of stake. So I'm, if somebody comes out with a proof of stake version of Bitcoin in Rust, let's say, I'm never going to run it. I'm going to tell my children to never run it. It's never going to happen. And Jeremy knows this. But again, he's not speaking for us. He's just speaking to the truth of the fact that he knows that we're never going to run proof of stake. It's never going to happen. So she writes back and says, some people do predict this, also that the environmental backlash will be too much for Bitcoin to continue as proof of work. Too optimistic? Question mark. And she gives a Cointelegraph.com article and that says, this is what she's referencing. Mary Hulliot wrote this one, uh, went, oh, April 14th. Bitcoin will follow Ethereum and move to proof of stake, says Bitcoin Swiss founder. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I I was I was not uh, I was not aware that Bitcoin Swiss uh, spoke for me. Well, Bitcoin Swiss, I'm I'm never going to run proof of stake software. It's never going to happen. So let's read it. Nicholas Nikolausagin, the founder of Swiss crypto broker Bitcoin Suisse, predicts that Bitcoin will move to proof of stake once Ethereum network has proved the algorithm's success. Bitcoin's current proof of work consensus algorithm, the pioneering concept, which in fact pre-existed Bitcoin, <laughs> has <clears throat> but has since become or since come to be indissociable from the cryptocurrency quote will probably change in the future, Nicholson argued in outtakes from an interview conducted for a German TV documentary recorded back in October of 2019, but uploaded on April the 6th. He said, quote, Bitcoin's move to proof of stake is not planned, but the second largest cryptocurrency ether will move to a proof of stake concept that demands vastly le less electricity already in a few months. I'm sure once the technology is proven, if, <clears throat> that Bitcoin will adapt to its ways as well, end quote. Quote, <clears throat> once it's proven that proof of stake works well, it's a superior system to proof of work, he said. Oh, I'm glad that you speak for me there, pal. In, block, in blockchains that use a POS system, nodes in the network engage in validating blocks rather than mining them as in proof of work. For proof of stake, a deterministic algorithm selects block validators based on the number of tokens a given node has staked in their wallet, i.e. deposited as collateral in order to compete to add the next block to the chain. Ooh, see, when, when my friend goes into shit coinery, he doesn't have any idea what that means. He doesn't have any idea that his transactions are going to be subject to the scrutiny of a bunch of people that have a shit ton more money than he does. Instead of the fair proof of stake in which all you're doing is competing to open blocks. That's it. 
in a proof of work situation, he wants to transmit ether to somebody that transaction comes under scrutiny by people who have a lot more leverage than he does. And it's not, that doesn't have problems for just transactions and censorship. It has myriad other, and, and by the way, completely unknown game theory that will, be, that will present itself as emergent properties and all of them are going to be bad because all of them are going to be selected for by people who have more money than you. What does that sound like? It sounds like the existing legacy financial system that everybody knows is corrupt, rotten, and being destroyed under the weight of its own bullshit. So we have this person from the New York Times quoting a person who says he speaks for the community and doesn't. Never even heard of this gentleman's name, although I have heard of Bitcoin Suisse. But Bitcoin Suisse has absolutely nothing to do with the ecosystem if they automatically think that they're going to relegate us to this proof-of-work algorithm because that is not going to happen and they're going to fall on their ass. When they finally figure it out that the plebs run this shit, then they'll maybe then they'll stop writing stupid stories. But in the meantime, we're just going to have to run the numbers. Well, shiny metal rocks are having a good day. <clears throat> Flammable liquids moving sideways and to the downside. Oil is down only 0.19%. Uh, West Texas Intermediate cost you $63.03 for a barrel. Brent North Sea is down 0.09, $66.52 for a barrel of that. Natural gas is getting hit the hardest, down over a point, $2.58 for 1,000 cubic feet of that. Like I said, all the shiny metal rocks are, are, are shiny today. Uh, gold is up. 0.6, Silver is up a third. Platinum is up one and a third. Copper is up almost 1%. Palladium is up almost 2%. All the agricultural futures are up. Wheat, soybean, corn, sugar. Coffee is down. Cotton is up. Rough rice is down. Cocoa is up, in case you wanted to know. I still have no news on livestock futures, so untapped growth is going to have to I guess wait till market open for live cattle, lean hogs, and FD cattle. Now, indices. Everything is up, but not a whole lot. Dow futures up almost a half point. S&P futures, same. NASDAQ futures, 0.65 to the upside. S&P mini is up almost one point to the upside. Uh, let's see. Interest rate futures are all up except for the Euro three-month treasury, which is down 0.01%. Although the 30-year futures bond has moved considerably today, 0.28% to the upside. The 10-year future is up 0.13 to the upside. Let's talk about real money. $62,135.44. <clears throat> 
320,000 transactions performed in the last 24 hours gives us about 13,300 transactions on average every hour with 798,700 BTC being sent in that 24 hour period. We get about 33,280 BTC being sent every hour on the hour with 2.5 BTC being the average transaction value and one, I'm sorry, 0.021 BTC being the median transaction value and that's right at 13 $1,500. Block times are back on the low side, nine minutes and 10 seconds with 0.9 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis and a whopping 143.8 BTC being taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours with a 3.14, ooh, it's Pi Day, I guess, uh, percent uh, jump in hash rate. We have 162.6 exahashes per second and your shitcoin indicator, Dogecoin, is... 12 cents. Actually, it's 12.6 cents. Doge. With an infinite, infinite supply cap. There is no cap. We don't even know. I don't even know what the emission rate of Dogecoin is. But I do know that whatever's being emitted is worth 12.6 cents per unit. And this has everything to do with Mark Cuban running his mouth and Elon Musk not doing us any favors. I, I don't think that they both understand the underlying tech, the history, the way that the network effect, you know, came about for Dogecoin. They don't understand the underlying of this asset. And they should. That's reprehensible not to understand the underlying of an asset. Generally speaking, an asset is the underlayment. But in this particular world, we have an asset and that asset has an underlayment. And if you don't understand the underlying, you're gonna get wrecked. There is no reason for Dogecoin to be at 12.6 cents. You know, it just, it, it, it's disturbing to watch people that you know and love dabble in shit coinery when you know, when you know what's coming. <clears throat> Cause I know what's coming. 59,000. 434 transactions are waiting for 83 blocks to clear. We have a market capitalization of $1.17 trillion, which is one third of a percent over 10% of gold's market cap and 35.6 ounces of shiny metal rock is what you're gonna get if you decide to trade in a Bitcoin for it. 18,683,198 and a half BTC are in circulation at time of $62,390 of price, according to Clark Moody dashboard. We have 1,207.9 BTC in the Lightning Network. That is a capacity value of $75.4 million with a total number of nodes of 10,604. Guys, that's like 200 nodes or 150 nodes coming online since yesterday. That thing, this thing is growing fast. Ring of fire, brother. If, <clears throat> if you want to learn a lot about network and you want to do it with other people that are learning alongside you, go to Ring of Fire. Hit me up in my DMs at B-E-N-N-D-7-7. I got an invite link. We're getting more, more and more people. I think we're last, yesterday before I went to bed, we were at 109. And when I joined up, there was like, I think there were 20 or something like that. So the Ring of Fire group is growing fast. It's clear that more and more Lightning Network is coming, coming online really, really fast. 
I highly recommend you learning the underlying of that technology like you spent time learning the underlying of Bitcoin. It's going to be important in the future. Now, let's see. Tor, <clears throat> 696 BTC are in the Tor side of the Lightning Network. And that is a 57.7% percentage of Tor capacity with 4,789 Tor Lightning nodes that we know of. That's going to do it for Vitals. Welcome to part two of the morning roundup. If you want, <clears throat> if you want coin on Binance, you're going to have to wait because they have stalled Coinbase stock token listing due to market volatility. Jeff Benson tells us about it uh, from Decrypt.co. Now, Binance's token for uh, Coinbase's coin was going to go live at the same time or shortly after the uh, Coinbase listing on Nasdaq, but that did not happen, and we're going to find out why. Just hours after announcing it would offer a tokenized version of Coinbase stock for trading, leading crypto exchange Binance has postponed the listing due to market volatility. Stock tokens allow investors to buy fractions of a share without commission while also getting dividends. Unlike actual stockholders, however, <clears throat> investors in token stocks have no voting rights in the company. Binance was set to list the Coinbase stock token coin to be backed by actual Coinbase stock, which began selling publicly today on new NASDAQ. That was actually yesterday. However, as one might expect of a new stock being traded via direct listing, the price is fluctuating as the public figures out what the United States-based crypto exchange is actually worth. <clears throat> Coin's reference price yesterday was $250, but it debuted today at 52% higher at $381. It then climbed to as high as $420. Actually, $424, but whatever. It's a meme. Before sliding back down to $313, it's a bit all over the place. While 15 to 20% swings are just a typical Wednesday in Bitcoin markets, they're less common to stocks, at least well-established ones. And Binance, hopefully to cash in on its rival's big day, isn't ready to press go on the coin slash BUSD trading until that volatility settles. That's what XRP trading is for, apparently. <laughs> Nice, nice troll there at the end. Uh, there's something in here that, that we should uh, look at. This sentence right here. Unlike actual stockholders, however, investors in token stocks have no voting rights in the company. How does that game theory play out for CEOs of companies going forward in the future? Maybe they would still like to have all of the public's money without any of the public being able to vote on who gets to be CEO. I guarantee you that, that some, somebody somewhere is going, how do we convert this shit all over to tokens? How do we buy our stock back, yet re-release it back to the public so that we can get all the money that we use to buy our stock back, back into our pockets, this time without that icky, nasty you know, pleb-oriented vote that we have to do every single year or quarter or half, depending on what kind of company you're running. Think about that for a sec. Think about it. A company says, you know what, we're just going to buy all our stock back. And then they end up, you know, I don't know, with 20% of the stock spread out amongst the board of directors 
and the chief executives that you know the east the or the c-suite guys at exxon or something like that and then they go to binance and they go hey cz would you list this shit, this exxon token and cz will say sure and they'll work a deal where whatever idiot decides to buy this non-voting token on binance will buy it and then that money will funnel back into exxon they'll get all their money back or or a good chunk of it and all of a sudden all they've done is eviscerate the public's ability to hold the stock with voting rights i cannot literally imagine a worst case scenario i'm just saying it's something to think about anyway moving on on day of Coinbase listing, the SEC chair Gary Gensler takes the helm. Scott Cipollina tells us about it from Decrypt. Gary Gensler has been approved by the United States Senate to lead the Securities and Exchange Commission. The approval comes on the very same day that Coinbase goes public on the NASDAQ. Guys, it was also the very same day that the Titanic sunk. In case you didn't know, Coinbase's listing is not the only big story happening in the crypto sphere today. <clears throat> Gensler, who is very familiar with the crypto industry, has been approved by the Senate as the SEC's next chairman. He has previously taught a course on Bitcoin and blockchain technology at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. The Senate vote passed by a count of 53 to 45 on Wednesday. Gary Gensler has frequently been touted as a crypto-friendly candidate for SEC chairman, or at least a candidate who is very familiar with the industry. Other than teaching Bitcoin, or sorry, blockchain and money, gag, at MIT, Gensler penned an op-ed for Coindesk in December of 2020. In that op-ed, he described Bitcoin as a catalyst for change. But he also observed how the cryptocurrency is prone to scams and manipulation. With a resume that includes significant background in crypto, many big names in the industry have high hopes for a Gensler-led SEC. Anthony Scaramucci, former White House communications director and co-founder of Skybridge Capital, told Decrypt that the United States could see a Bitcoin ETF inside of a year if Gensler takes control as regulator. The Bitcoin ETF allows investors to buy into the fund without having to trade the cryptocurrency directly. The SEC is yet to approve a Bitcoin ETF, but if and when that happens, large swaths of institutional investment could follow as investors get to sidestep the complex storage and security procedures required to hold Bitcoin directly. Guy, my God, people, it is not that hard. You can hire any one of the plebs to be your to show you how to custodian this shit. It's, ah, my God, quote, I'm hoping that with the introduction of Gary Gensler now into the regulatory rubric and my understanding of where he's coming from, although I don't know it personally, is that possibly we can get an ETF in place by the end of the year, Scaramucci said. Gensler has also previously committed to reviewing if firms have gamified trading, a subject that captured the attention of most market observers during the saga between GameStop stock traders and Robinhood. Back in President Obama's first presidential term, Gensler was chair of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, and as a result, he was heavily involved in crafting the regulations that followed the 2008 financial crisis. So there's lots of good and lots of bad here. And we'll just have to see how that battle plays out behind the desk of the SEC regulators chief spot, right? Now, getting to that, back to this uh, 
oh, Acker wine thing. America's oldest wine shop now accepts Bitcoin. That was mentioned in a previous story this morning. <clears throat> We're going to get into the uh, nuts and bolts of it right now with Tim Copeland for Decrypt.co. The oldest wine shop in America is now accepting Bitcoin payments at wine auctions and retail. Established back in 1820, Acker is the world's largest rare and fine wine auction house running weekly online auctions in which collectors sell rare and luxury wines. The company will now be accepting a range of shit coins, including Bitcoin, at retail and auction. In addition to Bitcoin, buyers can pay in shitcoin, shitcoin, and shitcoin. It also accepts certain stable coins, cryptocurrencies pegged to fiat currencies such as the United States dollar, including PAX, Gemini dollar, and BUSD. Acker is utilizing crypto payment processor BitPay to process the cryptocurrency payments with BitPay receiving the crypto payments and converting them automatically into fiat for the merchant. The company has also added Bitcoin and Ethereum to its Acker Markets Analytics platform which companies which I'm oh, sorry which compares wine auction intelligence from providers or producers vintages and regions in the wine auction market to other financial markets describing cryptocurrencies as no longer a passing fad acker chairman john capon said in a release that quote <clears throat> as of the oldest <clears throat> as one of the oldest licensed businesses in America, Acker is proud to accept this novel form of payment as we continue to evolve in our third century as a company. My God, three centuries. Capon added that the company may make further announcements in the digital space in the near future. BitPay has been gaining traction across a wide range of retailers in recent months. Earlier this month, the Bobby Hotel, a boutique hotel in Nashville, announced that it was accepting cryptocurrency payments through that processor. As to whether anyone will take advantage of the option to pay in crypto, the jury is still out. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't, not right now, but I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I would. But the only way that I let go of 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 my Bitcoin is to buy very fresh Bitcoin and immediately transfer it. That's the only way that I consider doing this shit is, is, is it's not the, 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 the sell and replace. It's literally the buy and, and, and get it off my plate in the very same day. So that the only thing that the IRS could actually see is that I bought cryptocurrency and paid it. There's not going to be a capital gains as long as I get rid of it in the same day, because I don't think IRS's granularity goes down to, let's say I buy, you know, a Bitcoin like on one day because I'm going to buy a Tesla and I immediately trade it. If I trade it at the exact same price, <clears throat> technically, there's no capital gains. And I'm not paying any taxes on that transact on those transactions whatsoever, although I will have to report it but it will be, it will clear as zero capital gains. Now, again, with granularity in the IRS, I'm not sure because think of it this way. Let's say I buy that Bitcoin in the morning, like at eight o'clock from, I don't know, uh, like a Swan Bitcoin. And then I have to wait, you know, a couple of hours for it to get into my wallet. And then I take what's what I got that same day from my wallet and I go over to Tesla and I wait a couple of hours for the transaction to clear over there. So I'm still before close of business. I've still got the same Bitcoin and I've received that Bitcoin and now I've transferred that Bitcoin to Tesla and I've picked up myself a Tesla car. What if during that time 
I saw a 50% increase in the price of Bitcoin. Well, I guess it depends on, I guess it depends on this. If I see that I got a 50% increase before I make the purchase to Tesla, then now it's, I only pay half a Bitcoin or, you know, basically half a Bitcoin for that particular car, because I think they're actually adjusting it uh, via, via what, whatever the fiat market says. So now I've only got half a Bitcoin into that car and I've kept the other Bitcoin, the other half of the Bitcoin. 10 years later, when I sell that, that's a capital gains event. But as long as it's flowing in and out of me through the same day, I'm not paying capital gains on what I bought and what I traded. Okay, so if, if, if the price stays stable, I'm golden. If the price goes down, I'm going to be sad before I make that trade because I got to give them more Bitcoin or I've got to buy more Bitcoin. If the price goes up, I don't give the vendor as much Bitcoin and I keep some. And if I sell that later and I realize capital gains, well, then I realize capital gains. You just got to be careful with these guys, just like you got to be careful with these assholes. There will be drama, warns the World Economic Expert or World Economic Forum Expert on Bitcoin regulation. Greg Thompson tells us about it from Cointelegraph. Uh, those who oversee the traditional finance sector won't just let Bitcoin wander off into the sunset without a fight. Of course, because that's all you have left. That's the sentiment expressed by the World Economic Forum's head of blockchain and digital assets, Sheila Warren, who said a dramatic round of regulation was about to befall Bitcoin in the wider cryptocurrency space. Warren told Bloomberg on Thursday, quote, we're going to see another round of pretty dramatic attempts at regulating the space. Attempts, people. Attempts. And there's more and more activity in these spaces. There's more and more demand signal for regulators to get engaged and involved. And I guarantee you they'll go after shit coins first because they're much, much easier. Warren's comments arrived a matter of hours after Coinbase became the first cryptocurrency exchange to list its shares on the NASDAQ. Combined with Bitcoin's booming ascent over the past year to reach new heights to close to $65,000, industry observers hoped the correlation of the two would lend some newfound legitimacy to the cryptocurrency space and perhaps cause regulators to relax their itchy trigger fingers. Yeah, good luck. That possibility could still emerge as a reality, especially if SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce's recommended approach to regulation is taken into consideration. She recently suggested that crypto projects should have a three-year grace period to establish operations before having to register any resultant token as a security, assuming certain conditions are met. Among other things, a blockchain network would have to prove itself to be sufficiently decentralized by the end of the three-year period in order to avoid further SEC scrutiny. But Warren thinks the scrutiny is unavoidable and suggested it would only increase as Bitcoin's price rises further. Warren said the flurry of activity sparked by the crypto boom in the Coinbase listing was only the start of the process and not the culmination. Quote, some are seeing this as the peak. I think that is absolutely wrong, said Warren. The rhetoric stemming from government entities, of which the World Economic Forum is not a government entity. It's like one of these NGOs. On the issue of cryptocurrency regulation tends to focus on consumer protection, a very real concern in an industry still prone to malicious hacks, shady scams, and costly accidental bugs. However, 
calls for regulation are also motiva- motivated by a natural desire for by governments to control the issuance and flow of money within their borders. The freewheeling autonomous nature of cryptocurrency poses a serious threat to the preeminence of fiat systems. Most major economies are already engaged in the process of absorbing the impact of crypto through trans, uh, taxation and regulation or are building central bank digital currencies to compete with it and eventually replace it, and it's not going to replace it. CBDCs will be here. I, I, I don't see any reason to use them. I mean, if, like, what, who will use them will be the slaves that never were able to get out of the city because that's what's coming. If, you are, if you're still living in a city, I want you to start at least considering looking around yourself and understanding that that city is a prison. And you need to get out. When you're, if you're in that city, you're going to be using a central bank digital currency. The only way to be truly free is to get out. Just get out. If you can, in any way, shape, form, fashion that you can, get out of the cities because they're just actually prisons. They are. I'm sorry, but they are. After Coinbase, which crypto companies will go public? So here's a little opinion piece by Adriana Hamaker as to who next from Decrypt.co. Today, Coinbase became the first U.S. crypto company to take its place on Wall Street with a historic direct listing on the NASDAQ stock exchange under the symbol COIN. Shares are set to begin trading at a reference price of 250 and we know where that went. So let's get into the companies that she's talking about. The company that she's talking about, number one, is Kraken. Another U.S.-based crypto firm, Kraken, is the odds-on favorite to become the very next crypto exchange to hit the public markets. The company is reportedly targeting a $20 billion valuation. Quote, we're looking at being able to go public sometime next year, Kraken CEO Jesse Powell told CNBC last week. Quote, it probably will be a direct listing similar to Coinbase, end quote. Like Coinbase, Kraken enjoyed record trading volumes for the first quarter of this year, and new registrations have increased fourfold since the second half of 2020, according to CNBC. But Powell also said the company is in no hurry to go public and that it intends to first evaluate how Coinbase performs. Number two on the list is eToro. Israeli brokerage app eToro announced in March that it is set to go public via a $10 billion merger with a special purpose acquisition company, or SPAC, called Fintech Acquisition Corp, backed by SoftBank and banking entrepreneur Betsy Cohen. The existing equity holders in eToro are expected to retain approximately 90% ownership of the company after the merger, which is expected to be completed in the third quarter of 2021. eToro was one of the first regulated brokerages in Europe to offer Bitcoin in 2013. It received a broker-dealer license in the U.S. from FINRA in 2020, allowing it to expand its commission-free offering to clients there. The firm is often compared to stock-buying app Robinhood, which also offers crypto and which announced its intention to go public in March. Number three, BlockFi. Rumors of a BlockFi stock listing began to circulate in July 2020 when the crypto lending provider posted a job advertisement for a chief financial officer to, quote, guide and position the finance team for late-stage investment acquisition and or an IPO. BlockFi CEO Zach Prince told the block that the firm could go public as early as the second half of 2021. 
BlockFi was founded in 2008 and offers accounts that earn interest on cryptocurrencies as well as various crypto collateralized loans. It raised $350 million at a $3 billion valuation in March of 2021. I don't think they were founded in 2008, guys. That's the same year, October of which, <clears throat> the Bitcoin white paper was released. So I, I would not trust that 2008 number unless they knew the future. Uh, NFT investments are fourth, but NFTs as they stand are bullshit and I'm not even gonna waste my time. Number five is backed. Digital asset marketplace backed revealed that it is going public in January. It's listing on the New York Stock Exchange will be via a SPAC merger at a value of about $2.1 billion with VPC Impact Acquisitions Holdings. Backed, which is owned by the Intercontinental Exchange, only launched its marketplace last year after several delays, but its valuation would represent a large exit for existing shareholders who have invested nearly $300 million in BACT. The deal is expected to close in the second quarter of 2021, and the combined company will list as BACT Holdings Incorporated. Other possible candidates, listing rumors, have swirled around Winklevi-owned Gemini. The cryptocurrency exchange has not committed on speculation. Binance, the largest exchange by trading volume, was also considered a likely candidate. However, Shengpeng Zhao ruled out an IPO in a recent interview. Quote, right now we're not looking at going public and we're not looking at an IPO. We are cash sufficient, so we're able to grow ourselves, he said. Other cryptocurrencies providing fodder for the going public rumor mill uh, are and non-fungible token pioneer, oh, sorry, <clears throat> Let's do that again. Other crypto companies providing fodder for the going public rumor mill are crypto services provider blockchain.com and non-fungible token pioneer Dapper Labs. The latter is behind the hugely popular NBA Top Shot platform and recently closed at $305 million round with some of the biggest names in basketball as its backers. And until you guys figure out a proper way to actually functionally do an NFT that really does mean something, Y'all can go drop yourselves down a hole. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Terrible Joke Corner brought to you by me. I have written my own dad joke. Gandalf was asking around town for a particular hobbit, but his description wasn't getting any answers, so he conjured up an image. It was a prototype. I honestly think that's not all that bad. If you have suggestions how to make it better, let me know, because I'd like to shorten the, the first half of that to make a, a solid, solid dad joke. Also, if you just absolutely hate it, let me know why. Again, my DMs are open at B-E-N-N-D-7-7 on Twitter. That's B-E-N-N-D-7-7 on Twitter. And I would like to remind you that, uh, let's see, where is, where is it, where is it? Uh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> Like, subscribe, and share the show. Help me out, guys. Help me out, right? It's, it's, yeah, I, I, I feel the need to continue to do this, especially considering that I've seen like, I've seen like a, a pretty sizable fall off of production out of my favorite podcast, which is okay because I think that that production fall off is due to the fact that all my pleb friends are getting jobs in this space and I can't be more happier for them. However, on the backside, 
yeah, kind of like, you know, I'm like going, where's, where's all my podcasts? So I'm, I'm actually having to add more podcasts. Like yesterday I added uh, bit by bit uh, from Max uh, yesterday. And I was, I didn't know that he had a podcast and I was listening to it. He was uh, interviewing my good friend, uh, Cappuccino uh, or Senzo, depending on how you pronounce it. It's, I, he says it's like Chino or cappuccino anyway he's one of the one of the dudes that's uh into the ring of fire and i've been talking to him lately and had no idea that he went on a on a podcast so i have been listening to the chino podcast or the the bit by bit podcast featuring chino and it's pretty damn good uh he didn't realize he was such a uh permaculture buff he had mentioned that he enjoyed it but i had no idea how deep down the hole he was until i started listening to bit by bits episode with him very happy to find another quality pleb uh podcast in the bitcoin space so but if i want to do this i i keep wanting to do this and i need support but I don't want to ask you for money. That just sounds like a, a crappy thing to do. So if you do want to help, you can give me your time by liking, subscribing, sharing the show, five-star reviews of any podcasting platform that you're listening to this on that allows you to review a podcast. It doesn't have to be iTunes, although that's one of the ones that does allow people to write reviews. If you're listening on someplace and you know you can write, write me a review and make it a five-star, please do so that would help me out that that helps spread the word that helps get past uh you know like search engine optimization and get get over that that seo hump which i'm really really looking to do also you can just stream this show on a value for value basis uh and stream me satoshis which go direct to my node by the way because i've got the value tag in my rss feed now uh you can stream me sats on the breeze wallet or sphinx chat set it low don't give me a hundred, you know, a hundred Satoshis per minute. That's ridiculous. I think I'm going to see Satoshi dollar parity well within my lifetime. So set it to something like three Satoshis per minute. But if I can get a lot of people doing that, that shit adds up. It, it adds up quick, by the way. Just saying. Now, uh, is there anything else that I got to do? Final reminder about shit coining. Okay. If you didn't, you know, if you skipped part of the, the first part of the show and didn't hear it, here it is. If you're shitcoining, what you're doing is you're trading on the ignorance of others. And you do not know how volatile that ignorance can react to good news, bad news, sideways news, or just getting flat bored. If you don't understand the underlying technology, the underlying nodal distribution, which leads to its apparent decentralization, and you don't know how the thing actually works, then what you're trading is not even a shit coin. It's an ignorance coin, and you're going to get wrecked. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.